Hi, I'm Addie George with Plan Sponsor Consultants, and I will be one of your hosts here on the Plan Sponsor Consultants podcast. We strive each week to bring to light a topic relevant to those who administer a retirement plan for their employees. I'm joined today by Mike Kane, our Founder and Managing Director. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Today's episode is around a topic that we've had conversations about recently with several of our clients, and there's been recent information about this. This is missing participants. Yep, we know this is a topic top of mind for a lot of plan sponsors out there right now. Remember, this information is designed to educate plan sponsors, but isn't intended as an authoritative guidance or tax or legal advice. Each plan has unique requirements, and you should consult your attorney or tax advisor for guidance on your specific situation. You can find out more information about today's talk at all of our topics and our firm services on our website, plansponsorconsultants.com. Let's jump right into the material today, and let's start with what is a missing participant? A missing participant is a former employee who has left funds in a qualified retirement plan, like a 401k, at their former employer, but has failed to keep their contact information current and has no longer actively managed the plan account. A 2018 survey by Boston Research Technologies and the Retirement Clearinghouse estimates that 11% of terminated employees have stale addresses in their plan, and one of five relocations results in a missing plan participant. Their research also suggests an an excess of 3 million missing participants. So it's safe to say that if you're concerned about this, you're not alone. This is quite the common challenge. Wow. 11% is a big number. That's surprising. So missing participants have become a big enough problem that it's caught the attention of the Internal Revenue Service and the Department of Labor, who are stepping up retirement plan audits to see if you're making the requisite effort to find your plan's missing participants. Now, that might sound scary, but stay tuned. We're going to help break it down to be a little less scary. First off, let's back up to why participants go missing. The same Boston Research Technology Survey finds basically three different reasons. The first is job hopping, and the second is they just don't contact you to keep the information up to date. And the third one is surprisingly that they didn't even know they had an account with their prior employer. So let's get into why these participants might be a problem. We break these down a few more ways, cost, fiduciary, liability, and admin. So let's go out of order here and handle the quick one. Administering anything in your life is easier with clean data, right? So having clean data makes it easier for your record keeper, easier for your HR, easier for your payroll. Having dirty data, so to speak, can make tasks more complex. But there really isn't a penalty to that. It's just your effort and time. So Mike, take it away and let's talk about some costs. So missing participants can be a cost factor. To be clear, this doesn't mean all terminated participants should be gone right away. Uh, They can be doing some good for your plan and actually reducing plan costs because of the assets they have uh, in the plan. But let's start with a simple directed impact on the cost. First of all, TPA and record keepers may be charging a per head cost. This is becoming more and more prevalent. This will be a per head 
costs charged for all those with a with have a balance or assets in a plan. In that case, they're costing a tangible uh, tangible dollar amount. Although uh, in some cases, if it's being charged a different way, this may not be a may not be a charge to the plan sponsor, but to the participant. It's still a plan cost, though. It yep. still impacts the the end result. Um, the Correct. second factor might be if you're right on the verge of that 100 people for the audit requirement. The Department of Labor requires an annual retirement plan audit if you have more than 100 participants. So if those um, missing participants or terminated participants are pushing you really close to or over that threshold, that could be a tangible cost that you might need to consider. Those audits, if you're not aware, they can be pretty costly, both in your time and paying the actual audit firm. Well, and the third factor is really mailing costs. These, these missing or terminated participants are still required to get statements and other required plan notices, and there's a real cost to mailing those as well. Again, uh, if it is a few key employees, the cost is likely worth it. But as the numbers grow, it is a cost to consider. And we have another episode upcoming about e-delivery, but keep in mind that that still requires that you have valid contact information. So those participants may not be missing per se, but you have to default to mailing to a last known address if you don't have current information. So there's still a cost consideration to those, and those are still impacted as mailing costs for missing participants. So Mike, let's jump back to the fiduciary liability concerns around missing participants. Well, the first fiduciary liability concerns is they have to be reported. If the balance has been left for over a year, they have to be reported on IRS Form 8955-SSA. But more concerning are a few things. Distribution checks left uncashed. We can get a little bit more detail on them shortly. But also just the penalties that can be associated you know, fines for uh, missing mailings, audit reports, and even, you know, that potentially could result in your retirement plan becoming disqualified. So that sounds like a lot of liability and a lot to be concerned about. Let's put those listening at ease for just a moment and emphasize that the Department of Labor is looking for you to have made reasonable efforts to find these missing participants. If you can document and showcase that you're making efforts and following a process that you've documented, then they'll likely leave you alone about this effort. They know that people are changing jobs and they know that there's a lot of challenges around missing participants. You're not the only plan sponsor out there facing this. So they're looking for plan sponsors to be making an effort, but they know that not 100% of missing participants are going to be found and resolved. Yep. So prudent processes are always important when dealing with retirement plans, no matter what the issue is. So we know this is a serious concern, and we know there are potential serious implications or consequences, but we don't want this to paralyze a plan sponsor. So the biggest thing in identifying those, uh, is identifying who those missing participants are, and this can be done through noticing repeat return mail or emails, no phone calls being answered, no activity in account, and of course, uncashed dis- distributions. This can be serious because they represent an unclaimed plan asset. So that sounds like the first step is to document who are your missing participants. Most record keepers should be able to help you at least begin to filter this list. 
Looking at terminateds that have no activity seems like probably the first filter. But what efforts does a plan sponsor need to take to be deemed reasonable efforts? Well, here's what's interesting. Even though this has been kind of a target for the, for the auditors from the Department of Labor in the past couple of years, until this year, the most recent guidance was in 2014. However, this year in January, they, uh, the DOL issued Field Assistance Bulletin 2101-01. So FAB 210101, and that's where you want to start. And they issued some sub-regulatory guidance in three formats, a best practices guide, a field assistance bulletin, and a compliance assistant release. Stay tuned to this channel in the future as we'll give you additional updates as this gets ironed out. For now, the guidance does not create any clear rules and could be seen as putting owner's requirements and even creating a double-edged sword. One thing that's consistent across all guidance recommendations is that you have to document a list of those participants and then make some reasonable efforts to find valid uh, contact information. But as with everything, the key is to document, right? Have a documented process to show that you're making an effort. Correct. Um, and we've also recently shared on our social media platforms, LinkedIn and Twitter, uh, some information about this. One came from the Groom Law Group in Washington and uh, D.C., and the other was an article from 401k specialists, which we will also link in the description. Uh, but one of the things we started talking about at the beginning of this is the prevalence of the pre that's prevalent in the article is prevention. That's right. What's the expression? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound in the end. In this case, we're talking about finding those stale addresses early, even before there's really a red flag or a lack of activity for a long enough period of time. Noting returned mail or stale addresses early in the process when a free search can help resolve this matter. Also would be when a participant leaves, getting some good information from them right off the bat. Yep. Um, I think another point to make is if you're going to do is to start looking for missing participants, it's important to note there are uh, de minimis accounts that most retirement plans have. And a good policy is once a year is to take a look at these de minimis accounts that have $5,000 or less in them and start actively managing those with your TPA or your record keeper. So that's important to know, and that's a good point, Mike. The question really is, what do you do once you figure out who these participants are and get their contact information? And you, in most cases, unless they're de minimis, you can't just force them out of the plan. So let's briefly talk about de minimis accounts because you brought it up, specifically yep. as it relates to this issue. In this case, you definitely want to refer to your plan document and seek counsel if you decide that this procedure might be a good fit for you. And of course, amend your document accordingly if necessary. But what do we mean when we say de minimis accounts? Okay, by the way, that's good advice. Uh, these accounts, we'll put them in two categories. The, the folks that have a balance under a thousand bucks and those that have a balance of a thousand up to 5,000, okay? In the under 1,000 category, those folks um, can be notified, both, both, both categories get notified, 
and uh, letters are can be provided for you by your record keeper or your TPA. They all have sample letters. So what would happen is they'd help you compile a list. You'd send out the letters to this list. And after 30 days, if you receive no response, you would be in a position to take those participants in threshold one under $1,000 and just write them a check and cash them out. With the record keepers, most have an arrangement, automatic arrangement with some type of IRA uh, outfit. Uh, and, and what will they'll do is they'll automatically take that balance and ship it off to, the out, to that outfit. If you don't have that kind of arrangement with your record keeper, a simple amendment will do. So one thing to keep in mind, especially with those de minimis accounts under 1000 is you still have to have valid information. If they're truly a missing participant and you don't have contact information, you can't just issue them a check. So you still have to address those missing participants, but hopefully cashing those out annually will reduce the amount of missing participants in your plan because hopefully they haven't moved too much in that first year. Um, so that's a great wrap up. And now that we've addressed de minimis balances and some strategies for dealing with documenting your search for missing participants. So that just about wraps it up today. Any final thoughts, Mike? Well, just to reiterate again, it's a problem that all plan sponsors face. Uh, you're not alone and it isn't going to go away. So you want to develop a prudent process for your plan, document it and, and follow it. And use your experts. The record keepers and the TPAs are great resources for this and actually have sophisticated ways of tracking down missing participants. Uh, but what I would say is start first talking to your record keeper. Start getting rid of the diminishments of your accounts and those kind of things because they're not going to affect your overall plan cost. But... Uh, again, you know, develop a plan and uh, don't let it paralyze you from, you know, serving your current plan participants either. That's great. And we will see you all next week with another episode. This has been the Plan Sponsor Consultants Podcast with Mike Kane and Addie George. We'll see you next time.